Welcome to Beyond the Shoots is presented by Parasite Systems. I'm your host, Doug Simcox, and I hope that you're having a great day, staying safe, and getting ready for the holidays. Today, we are recording in Johnstown, Pennsylvania, where last night we attended the opening round of the Unleash the Beast, the PBR event here, the inaugural event. Nice little arena, about 4,000 people were there. I thought it was very cool. And we have with us today, Dana Swearingen, National High School Bareback Bronc Riding Champion, National Intercollegiate Bull Riding Champion, NFR Qualifier, PBR uh, Canada Champion, and the 2022 PBR World Champion. So, Dalen, how are you doing here today? Oh, I'm doing good today. Thanks for having me on. Great to have you on here. And I, and I got to introduce my co-host, Mr. Sam Swearingen, two-time Saddle Bronc Riding Champion, North America Rodeo Commission. He's with us here today. Hello, Doug. This is going to be interesting. Never thought I'd do something like this before with, with the boys sitting across from With the boys sitting, yeah. So father and son, we're going to do this. Um, great event last night. I loved the energy. Um, it felt like the kind of stuff we do back east, you know, when we were doing stuff. What did you think of last night's show? Oh, yeah, I thought it was really cool kind of coming. This is definitely a smaller venue than we normally go to, and uh, but I thought it was a great a great bull riding um they had a lot of great bull rides and the crowd was really into it it felt like and it was it was a good bull ride and i don't know if you know this but your father and i were on the big screen a few times <laughs> we were dancing and singing i had to tug on him to get him to sit back down and he's like no i want that fan of the night belt buckle <laughs> <laughs> so so mm. you were on a bull last night cy young talk a little bit about your bull ride yeah, Cy Young, he's a really good, strong, really strong bull um, around the right. Uh, you know, the, um, where that bull come from, they raise a lot of them big, big bulls that are, um, you know, and just kind of got me a little, uh, got my feet a little bit and um, got me whipping my upper body a little bit. And um, but, I'll, but I'll take him again later, later on in the year. Yeah, so what's what would be the game? Oh, first off, for our listeners, as you make a ride, you get off, you go back through the ride, I'm guessing, you watch some video, whatever it may be. What's your what's your program at that point? You know you're going to get back on the bull. What's the thought process? Uh, just kind of fix the mental mistakes that you made there and um, move forward in the best way you can. You know, that was the first start. Uh, this is our first three-day event this week, this year. Um, so there's still two more rounds and a short round. Um, so you just kind of got to move on and live and learn and, and fix it and move forward. And you can move forward pretty quickly? Yeah, I try to nowadays. I, and I feel like I've the quicker I can let go of it, the better I'm going to be tomorrow. And um, so that's what I've been working on doing lately. Okay, okay. Set to side, take what you need, and move on. Wonderful. Um, what bull do you have tonight as we go back there? Tonight I got a bull from Blake Sharp uh, again, uh, uh, Boomerang, really good bull. They've been a bunch of points on him. Um, he'll uh, normally around the left uh, and then probably change it up right towards the end and go back right. Okay. And um, I'm going to step back a little bit because I, I usually would ask this question of your father every time we do a show. Dalen, how are you feeling? I've been feeling pretty good. I've been really staying like the diligent and doing um, my stretches. Like my hips get really tight, really pretty easy. And um, there was five of us packed in a car coming from Pittsburgh over here yesterday in gear bags and stuff. But 
Um, but I got a little tight. I was a little sore yesterday, but I feel good today. I did some yoga and went and sat in the sauna, and, and I feel good and ready to go today. So yoga? Yep. When did you start doing yoga? Um, I've kind of always done yoga a little on and off, and um, but lately I've really been trying to do it. Uh, I've just been trying to do it a little bit in the mornings and um, just trying to stay a little bit more uh, flexible and keep stay loose. And how does that help your thinking, your mind? I think it helps it a lot. You know, um, yoga is like a stretching, but it's like a long period. You're holding like it. It's a workout too, um, and uh, and I think working out just helps my mind. Like I know I'm putting in the work, and um, I'm doing everything I can do, and trying. You know, every time I go in the gym, I want to be working harder than anybody else jose uh you know cooper sage i want to be working harder than them at that time so what is your daily workout when you're back home monday through thursday let's say uh normally it's um get up in the morning just do some stretches or i'll do like a little yoga video um and then in the evenings i'll work out uh i got an ice bath and that's really been helping me and been taking those quite a bit uh and just um, then I stretch after my workouts in the evenings, and um, that's pretty much what my workouts. A lot of stretching, and I and I saw on the the cowboy cribs or whatever it was, we we got an opportunity to take a look at the ranch, and um, one of the one of the rooms that you had is the wrestling room. You were a high school wrestler, right? Talk, talk to our folks a little bit about how you got involved in wrestling, how it's influenced your bull riding. Oh yeah, we did a lot of wrestling growing up. We would, Dad, he'd take us to two or three practices a day, and um, but I mean, we were always wrestling, and I got good wrestling mats down there, but uh, it's really hard to find people that want to wrestle, and um, pretty much Colton, Call, and Chase—they're all quite a bit bigger than me now, so that I wrestled them, and they—they're whooping me up pretty good, you know, yeah. but. Um, uh, uh, yeah, I got like a little gym and I, I work out on the wrestling mats kind of like I, my hips get sore really easy. So anytime I can lower the impact on my workouts, that's what I've tried and been kind of doing. Yeah. And I listened to a podcast not so long ago and you were talking about the effects of wrestling and how, how it influenced your riding. Uh, you talked about wrestling shape and then you also talked a little bit about bull riding shape. Are they similar? I think they are similar, but they're totally two different things. You know, like you can be in pretty good fitness shape and not be in good wrestling shape. Get out there and you're using muscles that you never used before. And it's the same thing in bull riding, you know, uh, like like my groins and hips, they get sore real easy. And the more bulls I get on and the looser I stay. And like after that ride is if I can get go back and get loose, I'll feel better the next day. And those muscles are still getting stronger. Yeah, yeah. And cardio, you work on cardio and, and that sort of thing? I work on cardio a little bit. Uh, you know, being with Austin Dillon and working with the um, children's um, training, you know, like we're really not in a sport where we need great cardio. We need still need to have our cardio up, you know, just like anything, you know, fitness-wise. But we're getting on a bull for 10 seconds, so it's like, straining everything you can for those 10 seconds so really working on like if i get on a bike like um you know going hard for 
30 seconds or something like that and then doing a little recovery and the way it like moves your heart around you know i don't really know all the stuff behind it but i'm i'm listening to the people that know a lot more than me and uh learning from it so so being with austin dillon of course we're talking about richard childress racing and all of that that's opened up some doors for you you've got some resources you didn't have before oh yeah for sure uh kind of in the team deal i was my hips were really bothering me and so I went out there and stayed for two weeks and, uh, you know, they got physical therapists therapist that work there, uh, massage therapists, uh, a great trainer, um, you know, and we were going in there and working out and, and I really got to feeling good. And then go back to the first event of the back, um, after two weeks of working out there and, uh, I hurt my shoulder and stuff, but then it restarted again, okay. but okay. <laughs> it's all part of it. Part of it. Absolutely. I've seen videos of you goat cart racing, so you're getting more into the racing mindset. Oh yeah, I I've been to a couple races and um, been down on the pits, and it, yeah, I mean, there's so much that goes into a race. I mean, I'm very thankful that when I climb on a bull, it's it's only on me. There's no strategies. There's no knowing when to pit, when not to pit. You know, like it's all on me. I climb down on that buck and shoot, and I'm I'm thankful for that for you, sure. You bet. And uh, we got a lot of fans that are big NASCAR race fans, right? And, of course, Richard Childress, Dale Earnhardt Sr., number three, the Intimidator. Have you been able to see some of the cars, some of the, some of the memorabilia from his era? Yeah. Uh, over there at RCR, they have a great museum, and they go through, you know, every single car pretty much. And uh, it's really cool. I mean, you got to take a whole day to go through it because, I mean, there's a lot of inf information in there. and. Uh, but it's it's crazy how uh, Mr. Childress has has built that up from he started just with his one car and and look where he's at now he's you know partnered on multiple different race teams you know and uh, it's pretty cool and and we went to the go chart track uh, we've been there twice now and um, we went once when it wasn't raining and once when it was raining yeah and it was like night and day difference like I spun out every single time around there in the rain. In the rain. Yeah. Um, and then the other time, I I think I was the fastest yeah, yeah. bull rider. You know, Austin, yeah. I felt like I was going as fast as I could go, and Austin was literally bumping me in the back. <laughs> Come on. And I'm thinking I need to go faster, so I go faster and faster, and then I get in a turn, and then I wipe out because yeah, yeah. he's pushing me. He, and... he pushed you into a corner? No, he didn't push me, but I yeah. felt like I had to go but, faster because he's bumping yeah. me, and I'm I'm on the floor, and yeah. Yeah, I don't really know. Yeah. So so when you get off and you've got somebody that's that's bumped you and and got you a little angry, do you keep your helmet on during a fight or you take it off during a fight? Yeah. What's the? <laughs> I'm keeping it on from here on out. I'm keeping it on. At least I taught him something. Absolutely, <laughs> keep the helmet on. Yeah, um, hurt your hand, not my head. And and you know I I I watched this on tv and i'm like you know there's some stuff that he learned in benton pennsylvania <laughs> when we used to go there and go the go kart go-kart track yeah i saw some of that coming through oh yeah 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 so it wasn't like the first time on a goat track or a go-kart track right yeah. no <laughs> you were rolling you were rolling but um so what what what's been surprising for you with the connection with nascar i think ever since like um my you know, living with my Aunt Lori and my Uncle Dan being in the racing world, uh, you know, we would go to the go-kart tracks there in Charlotte, you know, at the mall there. Uh, and it's kind of cool to see it full circle around, kind of see different aspects of it. Um, 
and uh you know i have a lot of respect for them and what they do and uh, i got in the racing the real like racing simulator one time and i mean that simulator itself can break your arm if you don't like let go of it when you go to spin it when it hits a, a wall or whatever yeah and it's a lot more traction you know there's a lot more happening than that car that you think and getting in there and you know he didn't even have all like um i don't know the gravity on the tires at whatever track we were at i can't remember and he didn't even have that all the way turned up and i'm like trying to just keep her straight and and then i wipe out and he like has to flip it off really quick so it don't break my arm and stuff you know it's, <laughs> is that right yeah okay now now speaking of 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 richard children's racing rcr of course they've got austin dillon runs the number three and they have a new driver this year kyle bush in the number eight and i don't want to i don't want to cause any family rifts here but he came from toyota and laurie and dan are hardcore toyota yeah so is there i mean will she talk with you about <laughs> i guess i've never really said anything about it i think i might have said one thing kind of one time yeah um you know but i, I know over there at children's racing they're very thankful to have him oh, on the yeah. team and oh yeah um and i think i think they ended up taking um tyler reddick so they ended up yeah. doing some kind of like yeah, not trading but well it was a trade toyota was, got yeah. got a good guy and, and we got a good guy very politically said yeah. well done <laughs> you, you're learning the game well all i know about racing is yeah. i earned a new respect for them then when yeah. you stuck me in that porsche at watkins Glen, yeah going around there and you know i dale will say i'm probably the old putzer of the crew but going around there at that speeds and grabbing everything my muscles hurt for a week afterwards and i was sick for three days and he the guy said are you ready to go in and me being a dumbass i said ah, i'll go one more round and i wanted out of there when i said i wanted to when he asked me so such a respect for him you know i was probably going half the speed that they were and i i couldn't take it it was wild yeah How yeah fast that- were you going 75 75 fast for you ain't it (laughs) oh i see well at least i don't get tickets at 104 (laughs) you Um, got a ticket at 104 it was going down a hill i was at that oh well that hold it hold it hold it hold it no let's let's tell the whole story here 104 in a prius what my prius could go wow i didn't know they could go that fast that's pretty good the electricity going down the hill you know you you get a lot more speed yeah must have been a bolt of lightning or something yeah 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 so there's a story and i forget where i heard this um about a prius i think it was you and raymond hofstetler if i'm not mistaken um something about nice storm louisiana i don't know car keys Sam, you want to set somebody set this up for me? This was a, a rather large traveling deal. Yeah, me and Raymond, we were rodeo. We would drive and come down here and go to some rodeos, and and we were in, ended up flying back to the first Frontier Circuit Finals. We were going to drive back, go to the IFR, I think, yeah. and then go to um, a couple other rodeos down there. Well, we went to the Circuit Finals, and I did some swapping with my bags. I got this new cool bag, and I was like, I'm going to use the cool bag. Yeah. Well, I left the old bag at the house, and um, when I did, my car keys were in one of the compartments where I didn't lose it, didn't touch them. Yeah. And we were getting on the plane. Raymond's sitting a little further back, and I said, I turned around, and I said, 
Ray, I forgot the keys. And he said, <laughs> you're funny. <laughs> and we get, and we lost service right then. Like I didn't have no service, so I couldn't say like, no, I'm for real. So we get off in, um, I think it was Lafayette. We got off in Lafayette and uh, I said, I really forgot the keys. And we're like, okay, well, surely we can get another key. Right. Watch, I don't know what, it was a holiday or something or the ice storm shut everybody down. Yeah. And nobody, the way that key was, I guess nobody had a Prius key around there that yeah. they could fix or something. Yeah. So we were stuck in this one hotel for for probably four or five days and, and then they sent it back and yeah. Well, you had to go to, you had to get to Oklahoma City, right? Yeah. And how many hours was that from where you were? I don't know. It's probably six or seven hours. Twelve. Twelve hours. <laughs> close. Twelve hours is close. <laughs> I mean, twelve hours, right? <laughs> no big deal. And and how did that all? How did you get to Oklahoma City? Did y'all come get us? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I c- called Dalen, and I knew they were having trouble. We're having the keys sent out overnight or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, with dice. But there was a holiday or something was going on. Yeah. Might have been the first. No, it was after the first. Anyway, the keys, maybe it was the ice storm. They couldn't guarantee the weekend or whatever. But uh, I said, now, Dalen, are you sure? I've just drove to Oklahoma City. I'm in Oklahoma City. And I said, are you sure you're good? Yeah, we got a bus. We're good. You know, we're good. I said, okay, I'm going to bed. Well, about maybe an hour later, Dad, can you come get us? <laughs> yeah, now I remember we were sitting at, we got a Greyhound, and me and Raymond are sitting there, and we're like, there's no one else here. It's like 11 at night. Yeah. Surely this bus is about to come, and we might be the only ones, but this is just their stop. Yeah. So we waited probably till 1230, and we were there for a while. There was one bus there. We went and knocked on it. Nobody was there. And I guess because the ice storm, you know, they don't know what to do with the ice and snow and stuff. And so uh, we're like, all right, well, we're going back to the hotel. And we called them. <laughs> you know, I remember. Yeah. And uh, we kept calling Greyhound. It was Greyhound. Yeah. And I will say it was Greyhound and let everybody know that all their people on the phones are from overseas. And they kept saying, oh, just tell them to wait. We'll be there. Just yeah. tell them to wait. We'll be there. And, Finally, I've started heading to Dalen and uh, call somebody, and they. I said, "Now, where are you at?" And they said, "The Philippines or somewhere like that." I said, "Put me in touch with somebody in Louisiana." I said, "Put me in touch." Yeah. And I said, "Lady, I got a twelve-hour drive, and I got nothing to do but talk to you. So put <laughs> me in touch with somebody in Louisiana." And as soon as they did, the lady in Louisiana said, "Oh, nothing. Everything shut down. You know, like I was a dumb." Dummy for thinking something was happening. Well, the lady on your end kept saying, just wait, the bus will be there. Instead of putting us through that I could have not had to wake up after an hour of sleep and head down there. But it, it was a, 
and it really the roads weren't bad until we got right down there where they were at and it got pretty icy yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and nasty but they they made them boys stay out there in the cold they said yeah. they'd go to a restaurant and one would sit in there and one would sit wait for the bus and yeah uh, yeah i said just get a room we'll be there <laughs> I think they got fined at the because they didn't get to the meeting in time. I'm not sure but, at, uh, at the finals rodeo, international finals rodeo. Yeah, 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 yeah. I do believe that. Yeah, I thought I had enough pull not to do that, but evidently it's typical me. You know, think I got more pull than I do. Yeah, <laughs> and and at the time you're too young to even rent a car. How old were you guys? Um, I mean, we were probably I was probably 16 or seven, 17, probably mm -hmm. 17, 16 okay. or 17. And you were so you made the circuit finals. Do you remember how you did that year in the circuit finals? Um, was second in the bull riding, and maybe like uh, I can't remember what I was in the bareback riding. Didn't do very good. Didn't do well. Yeah. No. Okay. Okay. You, you had to be eighteen because you rode at the circuit finals. Oh yeah. So I guess I was eighteen. Yeah. <laughs> the years just run together. Yeah. I mean, you've had a pro career since you were what, like twelve, <laughs> right? So speaking of that, when I first met you, uh, you're probably ten years old, riding junior bulls. Probably met at, um, God, I was trying to remember, Benton maybe or Clarkston, New York or something like that. Yeah. And um, you were riding bulls, uh, junior bulls, and then you, you moved up to the senior bulls like at 16, 15, 16. You're getting on the real stuff. So talk a little bit about your progression and, and of course, working for Rawhide Rodeo. A lot of folks don't know you weren't just out running around to rodeos. You were a businessman back then. Yeah, um, we didn't, uh, I didn't rodeo like all full-time really. I mean, we got on, we rode like we were full-time rodeoing, but we would get on, you know, at any time a dad had, didn't have enough people, we would get on more bulls that day or, you know, that's pretty much where, you, where I got on practice bulls and um, practice horses and, uh, and it's kind of where working, yeah. working on the back end. Right, right. And then once I finally started entering, then I was like, then kind of wasn't as working near as, running around as near as much. Is that right? That yeah. was kind of a little bit easier for you? Yeah, I would say it was definitely easier. I was getting on, still getting on probably two, a horse and a bull okay. a day, but I was more just... Um, smiling and waving to everybody then not not really going back there and sorting steers oh i and see i see doing that kind of stuff make getting to the big time basically is what we call that yeah i'd still sort before the rodeo but once yeah. the rodeo is going on it you know you yeah. kind of you start learning your mint like where you wherever you need to go yeah. and kind of doing that well and if you know dale and it was rubbing it in Rubbing yeah. it in, you know. <laughs> right. Oh, look, you guys got to do that. I don't have to. <laughs> nah, 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 nah. Yeah. <laughs> and then you heard that, and you'd say, "Go help Doug. He's got to. He exactly. got to tote speakers. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> Get up on that I'm roof. Afraid of heights, but go up there. <laughs> what was that? Like thirty feet to the eve of that yeah. of Ford yeah. City. Good thing it was like I climbed on my grandpa's roof the other day, putting his star up yeah. there. Yeah. And I don't know pitch and all that, but yeah. the, the pitch on that roof is like crazy. Yeah. At least Ford City was like a nice pitch. Yeah, it and was. Like it at least. And and we had you tied off. We had you in safety harnesses, all that sort of thing, right? Yeah, it was OSHA approved. <laughs> <laughs> all I know is higher than I wanted to go, so I said, Dalen, go on up. <laughs> and then I think you uh, we tied the speaker to a rope, and you went hand over hand and pulled it up to you. <laughs> yeah. So so those early years. Um, you're you're riding you're riding bulls in a in a weekend on a Friday night show. You get on a bareback bronc. 
right? Get on a saddle bronc and you get on a bull and darn near every night. So from there, you progress to high school rodeo, right? And I shouldn't say progress. It was kind of a kind of a sideways move at that point. But every year you went out to the national high school finals. And the very last year, tell us about that last year going out and winning the championship. Yeah, the last year. Uh, so I always had really big dreams and goals of going out there and winning the bull riding. And, you know, that's where my passion's always been is in the bull riding. Um, and so bareback riding, I was just, that's just kind of how I did it, you know. So I was going out there to do it too. And um, I love doing it, but not near like I did bull riding. Um, and so I I think I, I don't know if I rode Bronx the last year or not, but I rode a couple Bronx out there at the high school finals. Mm -hmm. Um, but, uh, I've always kind of came close in the bareback riding, but never got it done. I know my freshman year, I was riding a really nice horse and ended up spurring over her neck. And then it was about seven, seven and a half. I reached up and double grabbed. Right. And, um, you know, it, you know, just from that one mistake I made moving, moving forward from there, you know, me double grabbing there, making that mistake, it, you know, it shaped a lot of things, you know, like it don't matter what happens. Okay. You know, until you, you see them pick up man coming in, you know, and that's kind of where I got to like spurn one or two after the whistle, you know, Okay. Um, Jeff okay. Collins, he's big on, you know, finishing stronger than we start. And, yep. um, so you know, but ended up not really having a good horse in the short round there, uh, but ended up getting the win in the bareback riding and, uh, and it, and it, you know, it was definitely a cool deal. And, um, and, yeah. In, in, in that first year when he was a freshman, I, yeah. I didn't get to go. We were yeah. at the Baton Rodeo, but, uh, watching the video and I, some of this was my fault, but it's nice to know he progressed from it. Uh, I'd always tell Dalen, now, when you get in trouble, double grab. Because you'd see these guys, and I didn't mean when you're sitting in the middle of the back, when you're hanging off the side or yeah. going to hang yeah. up. Yeah. Double grab and fight to get in the middle of that horse. Because you see these young kids that they'll hang off the side and get just fall off without getting hung up, without really fighting to get in the middle to get off on the pickup man. Right. And that's what I meant. And when I watched the video, I was like, what the heck did he do? He had a one as a freshman. He was going to win the bareback riding. And he said, well, you said if I felt in trouble, double grab. <laughs> do, do you Boy, remember? did I feel like a heel. <laughs> well, and, and this goes to mindset, and this goes to how quickly things are happening in, in our brains. Uh, oops, I'm in trouble, boom, I'm going to double grab, right? That was, it wouldn't, it, yeah, it's almost like pre-practiced, if that makes sense. Oh, yeah. Um, and this happened um, in 2022 uh, up in Washington. I had a, uh, got a re-ride, got on, you know, they I was towards the end of the bull ride anyways. I got a re-ride, and uh, it was probably one or two bulls. They bucked Bubba G. I got a bull I've rode before, you know, been, you know, you can be 88, 89 on him, and ended up, gave him two spurs right at the end. And in my mind, like, I've been on him for probably 12 seconds, you know, just because I was going fast because I just got on one, kind of got hit in the head, and then getting on another one. And... uh you know, that was, you know, I, I'm not saying I learned from the high school finals, but I definitely learned right then, <laughs> you know, really finish strong. And, you know, that internal clock that you got, you know, make sure you got it set where you want it. And, and 
even when you get elevated and you're you're going yeah you got to just take a deep breath and, yeah. and climb back in there and slow slow everything back down yeah and i seen that i seen them double grab right before the whistle and i and they marked them i thought well Maybe they won't look at it. Maybe they won't look at it. But, uh, of course, they do. They go yeah. back. And there's been two times, you know, there, that, and one time it was one of those big $100,000 paying ones. And the bull hit his head against the chute. And nobody, I'm sitting in the living room, and nobody hit the button. I'm throwing money at the TV. Hit the button. Hit the button. <laughs> you know, you got nothing to lose. Yeah. It pays 100000 They might give it to you. They might not. And yeah. Yeah, that, uh, that was times that i wish somebody would have been there to yeah push the button push the button so okay for our listeners um talk about what the button's about so you make a ride and you have the option of pushing a button yeah the button um is challenging any decision that the judge makes uh rather it be a re-ride or you think you should get a re-ride and they don't think so or they're getting you for a slap and you don't think you slapped them you go over and hit the button uh any any bull rider can hit the button. Uh, I know Eli Vassbinders hit it a handful of pines for me, and um, uh, it's cool to have you know those guys in the back. You know, like they're just as invested in as you are. You know, mm-hmm. and uh, definitely with the teams, you know, uh, the coach can throw the flag. Same thing as hitting the button. Uh, he's challenging in their reviews, but nowadays with all the angles they have here um, in the PBR. They pretty much catch everything before. Uh, you know, there's a lot of gray area in some of their decisions. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like with bulls hipping themselves, mm-hmm. uh, the clock normally stops, starts and stops at the same time. Mm-hmm. My rope's pretty sticky enough, so if I'm in the air, my hand's probably tied to something of that I use, mm-hmm. and so I'm normally good there. Uh, but uh, the hip of themselves and kind of them bulls giving you a good start. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's probably the biggest biggest one where you see a uh, challenge and stuff like that. Okay. And and a couple things. Um, we talk about um, the, bull, the, the rules say on the back of the bull, hand in or a hold of the bull rope. Uh, the time stops when you touch yourself or the bull with, with your free hand or you touch the ground. So you have a hold of the tail of the bull, bull uh, rope and time's still going. Have you ever looked, how many seconds can you get in the air before you hit the ground? I think my longest time was um, on, you know, in my mind, the greatest bull of all time, Sweet Pro's Bruiser. I uh, ended up riding him, not riding him, I ended up flying in the air for a full second. Full second. A second is a lot when it comes down to it, you know? Yeah. And, uh, but that bull gets in the air so much where it's, you can do, you, you can't do it. And any other bull, that wouldn't have probably worked because he would have been hitting the ground as soon as, but that bull floats when he goes back around to the right, like really gets in the air and pops. And so that really helped me get get my one score on Bruiser. Do you like just stay airborne, stay airborne, stay airborne? Is that what's going on in your brain? Yeah, just I, the only thing going on in my brain is my hand's shut, my free arm, don't let him touch it, and we're just going to let it play out. However, if it happens so fast, you know, yeah. it's, you just kind of, you kind of freeze up. You, just, you don't practice that like on a trampoline yeah, or something. I guess I did when I was a kid, but <laughs> it's paying off. Uh, another thing you talked about was internal clock, you know, and I know you're shooting for 10, 12 seconds. 
Uh, do you hear the whistle when you're riding? Can you hear the buzzer? Uh, I guess, I guess, yeah, sometimes. Um, sometimes you just kind of, you hear it, and then, you know, you kind of, you start kind of seeing some stuff happening, and that's when you kind of start, okay, I got to get off over here, you know. Um, my get-offs are something that I definitely need to have been kind of working on, and um, a lot of injuries happen when you're getting off, and, uh, and you know, we got the best bullfighters, but still they can't save you from everything. You bet, you bet. So there's times when you don't hear the buzzer at all? I guess I'm, I probably hear them, but it's just just inside. It's in right now. I'm in a whole different mindset yeah, than yeah, then. Yeah. And when I get into that mindset, like, oh, yeah, like I can come off and say, wow, that, that felt like a good bull ride. And then there's some great bull rides that I'm like, you know, you get off and your adrenaline's going, but your adrenaline's rather going so high you don't really know. You're you're just in that different mindset where yeah. you kind of, once you get out of it, then you start seeing stuff and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. And the mindset. Um, and we talk on here all the time. We we actually have a program or kind of a theme, the three R's, right? Um, it's it's rodeo, racing, and wrestling, by the way, the three R's. Um, and it's about the mental aspect of things. Um, so talk about you're in the shoots. I watch you. You got a, you got a procedure. You do it the same every time. When did you pick up the procedure, and what's that do for you as you get ready? Um, I think that procedure, you know, like, uh, my uncle Kenny told me like, you know, you do the same thing every time. So your mind start getting in that program. And so when I, I mean, I can tell you how my bag's packed right now. I can tell you how it's packed before I go to the event. I can tell you where everything is without, you know, I can do it on the littlest details, you know? Um, and you know, that's where it starts. So my mind starts getting in that mindset, you know, probably after this, I'll go take a nap. After I take that nap, I'll do a little, you know, I'll get in the shower, you know, and, you know, that's when everything starts slowly happening, you know. The nap isn't as big as of a thing as once I get in my gear bag and start putting my stuff on, you know, I go through a little dynamic warm-up, and then, then you know, you start slowly weaning yourself away from all the people, you know, and you start getting in your own mindset, and some people can hang out and and joke around and, and sometimes i do and you know it just kind of depends on where i'm at okay and and the perfect mindset for you when you start to step in and go what is that mindset how would you describe it um for me like you know you're, you're about to go to battle and and when i climb in there if i know there's a real bull that's really bad then i'll get somebody to hold on to me so if that bull does buck then i don't fly in there with them but most of the time you know like once i climb in there everything is on my control i take the control right when i climb down in there and um and just you know you just take control like if that bull's leaning a little bit move him over you know don't have you know if best you can if you don't need somebody else it's on you when you climb in there and i don't want to have to rely on somebody else so um and and when you're on the bull and the bull acts up just part of the game yeah, that's part of it. I mean, that's free practice right there. That'll get you fired up. Once that bull starts bucking in there, you know, you get your first little couple jumps in. That's like a free practice bull right there. <laughs> and this is something I've learned from Dalen, 
was uh, when I'm trying to help the boys with the bronc riding or whatever, you know, if I haven't taught them before, when they're in the shoots, it ain't going to help to say it. Just step back. You know what to do. And because, like Eli said it the best, he said, the only person I hear there is you, Sam. Mm -hmm. Well, you don't need to hear me. I'll step out of the way. You do your job. I don't go pull Dalen's rope because I don't do it everywhere. It's his, his mental mindset. Yeah. And it doesn't change overnight. I still, when I'm going to a rodeo, I think, okay, I got my saddle, I got my, oh, I don't need that stuff anymore. You know, it's still the mental mindset. That's what you did every time when you left. And it carried through yeah. all the years. So yeah. it, it doesn't go away easy because you've learned it. That's your mentality. You and, bet. You bet. Yeah. So there's, there's physical conditioning. We talked about yoga and stretches and wrestling shape and bull riding shape and everything and then there's mental conditioning right sports psychologists and i know they're in nascar right um um what do you think of such things sports psychologists yeah i've, I've worked with um a sports psychologist uh Paige lawrence and stuff and you know that really helped me you know kind of when i was i don't know sliding down a different kind of just struggling to get back to where i needed to be you know they they put me she put me right back to where i needed to be and you know um you know hearing it from somebody else and how you prioritize things and stuff like that you know like i love working at home and i and i can really get caught up in working at the house and stuff like that but uh at the end of the day i'm i'm a bull rider and that's my profession and uh you know ranching hopefully that'll be my um retirement kind of deal sure um, sure you know i'm never gonna make a living like i do bull riding and so right now I really got to focus and prior- make sure I'm prioritizing that because uh, I love it and it's fun for me, but I love being outside and I love like doing stuff and I love, you know, just being out doing that kind of stuff. And um, so definitely in the morning times, if I can set my time aside and right now it gets dark pretty early. So I, you know, there's always time set aside in the evenings for working out and stuff. And, uh, and I normally used to always work out in the mornings, but we ride bulls at night and uh with the time changes and stuff like that so i've really been trying to work out at night and um just because that's when we ride bulls most of the time is at night and mm-hmm. uh mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know if that plays a factor oh, in for it sure. or not no but, that's that's good know. thinking that's good thinking and there's one more one more um topic you raised that i want to get to and then we're going to talk about the ranch okay um you talked about working on your get-offs you pr- do you practice such things? I mean, is that what? How do you do that? Uh, yeah, I think it's being aware, kind of aware you're at, what that bull's doing. Um, I've never really been good at getting off. Uh, you can ask, you know, Ryan Smith. You know, he's been, he's been, you know, all them bull, <laughs> bullfighters up here. You know, I've always put them in. I've always held on right till the end. Um, yeah. Definitely right, switching to a Brazilian rope uh, has definitely helped me a lot. Uh I will hang to them for a little bit, um, but I it does release. Um, and uh, but you know just knowing the bull rope, uh, you know, kind of what that bull's doing, and you know that's the best. That's the biggest thing is uh, just kind of knowing where you're at, what the bullfighter's doing, where you're at in the arena. Are you in a corner? Are you near a panel? Buck and shoot. Where you're at, you know. You bet. Now, you said the Brazilian rope, and this is where I have a question. Um, I watched it last night, and it looked like your hand was really far down the bull's back to the left. 
and I don't know anything about Brazilian ropes. And Doug and I talked. I said, man, I, it just looked really far. I know it's not an American rope, so do you ride it that much different? You know, what, why was your hand that far down? Yeah, it's quite a bit different than the American rope. Um, that Brazilian rope, um, the, it pulls from the opposite side, so everything is uh, it pulls to the middle where the American rope pulls to the outside. I see. Yeah, yeah. Um, so with that being said, I, and uh, so I pull it down there a little bit further because once I, like for me, I do the block and then I do two fingers and then, then that bull's centered back. Okay. Which that was a bigger bull last night, you know, but you never really see it. You see like I do pull it down there and you can look at Sage, like he pulls it down there, but once we're about to go, we'll pull it to us and normally it'll come probably about two fingers, two to three fingers. More towards the center. To the center. Really? But if it comes more, say that block comes on the other side of that, so now you're on the right side, that block's on the right side, that bull goes to the left or into my into my hand, it was to the left. Yeah. Then that block comes over, and I could be riding my rope, but I'm just hunched up because I'm riding that rope on the right side where... If it's down there, I can kind of pull it over. You know, I can still get around there and um, and just kind of learning from Silvana where where they put their ropes and stuff. You know, that's just kind of what I've been. Wow, I have no idea. And, and see, neither did I. And I I said, you know, it just looked like it was low to me. But who am I to to yeah. pick? I don't know yeah. anything about the Brazilian rope. Another question I have before you get on to your next thing, you know, you got Sage and Cooper on your team. Two guys that really are intelligent about bull riding. Have you been taking stuff from them? Because when they when they got Sage, I was tickled to death. You know, here's a man that's been there, done it. It's got a good head on his shoulders, and I think he will help Dalen. Am I right? Oh, yeah. Definitely, like, you know, when we had the training camp, we all sat down and we all learned what makes each, everybody click. And, you know, Sage and Coop and, and Josh, you know, and, and Jerome, they all put their own inputs in there and then, um, you know, Sage rides bulls so effortlessly away from his hand. And so I've been kind of work, talking with Sage and um, bringing, trying to get up over these bulls a little bit, getting on the drop barrel, riding it more like Sage. Like Sage can get on that drop barrel and just sit there all day and just ride that thing and not move, not do anything. Read a, I mean, I don't know if he reads books or anything on there, but it, I mean, I guarantee he could if he wanted to. And um, so that's kind of where I've been trying to go and trying to get there. And, uh, you know, um, Josh kind of shows some videos of what he does when he trains. And, um, and I, in my opinion, I mean, Josh is, you know, this year at the NFR, like I think, you know, Sage has definitely been riding really good. And Josh, you know, I was watching a video today that he sent to the group. And I don't know how many bulls he's been on in the last little bit but i mean it's definitely been over probably 30 bulls i mean it was a six minute video of just bull riding just getting ready for the nfr really and you know so josh is definitely in bull riding shape <laughs> and he rode good last night at the nfr did you okay yeah. good. him and sage sage just made it look ridiculous easy but he didn't have a great bull either yeah but uh they did that's all you can do you know the the mindset is you got to beat one thing and it's nobody else but the bull and, and your dad raises an interesting point. You know, when we look from the outside, 
And teams has changed this a little bit, but when we look from the outside, oh, Jalen's versus all these other riders. You know, he's got to beat all these other riders. Talk a little bit about how the riders get along and, and that sort of thing. Is it a count? Are you thinking, I got to beat this cat? No, I don't think it's that at all. You know, at the end of the day, we're getting on against the bull, and, and I love seeing, you know, Sage go out and ride, Boudreaux go ride, Eli go ride. I, I like watching all them guys go ride, Jose go ride. I, you know, you know that's what makes us. That's what makes this sport different. You know, you don't see another sport where competitors are out there helping each other get on bulls and cheering them on. And you know, you can look back there. You know, at um, you know the best rides ever to be. And those guys on the back of the bucket shoot are hooping and hollering just as loud as the people. You know, they're feeling that same feeling. You know, and okay. and okay. and I feel like that's kind of what makes this sport so unique and so cool is um you know everybody loves helping everybody and they want to go see him win and nobody really i mean you could be winning a bull riding and there'd be two bull riders left and you're still wanting them guys to go win you know yeah, that's yeah. not how you want to win you don't want them to fall off you want to win because you want it yeah, you know yeah yeah let, let your dad put the hex on him yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it, there was one time dalen came to me and he was we had the place in Georgia, and he said, well, I'm going to make the southern circuit my circuit. And I said, why are you going to do that? It's so easy up here. You'll knock them dead, you know. He said, you're only as good as your competition is what you told me. Yeah. I said, well, I can't argue with that. And then yeah. look what it has done for him. Yeah. So yeah. outstanding. You know, outstanding. Just, you're only as good as your competition, people. If you, don't, if you want to play in the small pond, that's where you'll – and there's nothing wrong with playing in the small pond. Don't get me wrong. If you got obligations or if you want to move up, you have to use that as stepping stones Absolutely. to get to the right place. You bet. You bet. I think the biggest thing is just not getting content wherever you are, okay. you know, kind of, um, you know, like after I won the world, we went to team bull riding. I started getting a little sore, but I knew I had a goal coming back that next year, and I was like, okay, I want to do it again. Okay. And so, like, I kind of pushed through some soreness where I should have – went back and took a reality check on myself and went to feeling good and then went to go. But, um, you know, I, I kind of got complacent or not. Yeah. I kind of got complacent in wanting something so bad, but not really feeling how I felt. And, um, you know, there's different ways of looking at being complacent, you know, and, and you just have to, you know really dig deep and figure out what's making you tick absolutely absolutely and when you say complacent um health wise injury wise that sort of thing mindset wise yeah mindset wise kind of what you're doing like you know somebody's always out, out, out in there working harder than you so okay. you gotta outwork okay. harder than any you know today i did yoga and did all that tomorrow if i don't choose to do that somebody else might be doing those stretches might be doing that workout yeah before they go get on that bull and their body's feeling better yeah you know and, and i mean it's easy you know the biggest thing like i got to where like i'd be getting sore and i'd say okay i just need to take a couple of days off and sometimes that is the case you know but sometimes motion and moving is your biggest and feeling better that's the biggest thing that's going to get you feeling better is moving and and loosening those you bet. sore spots up and really eating right and uh you know there's a lot more that goes into the body than just feeling good on the outside yeah you know what goes into your body like that 
that definitely plays a factor. The therapy of work. Yeah. You know, that that's therapy. Yeah. You know, working out, it will loosen you up, keep you moving. You know, uh, it just, what it does to your mind when you did it, oh, I did it. You know, it, it, it's it's good, you know. That's good. You bet. And and therapy of work, you've always in my my impression is you're always up and at them and working back when you were 10, 12 years old when I first met you. You just enjoy the work aspect. Yeah. Uh, I, I've always loved getting out there and doing, being part, being around the bulls and, um, you know, putting putting work in in other areas. You know, bull riding's not going to last forever. Um, but sure, make it last as long as you can. But yeah. Uh, yeah. But I just, I love being outside and working with bulls and on the ranch and stuff and uh you know that kind of you know like you look at some people and they just ride bulls for a living and you know you just kind of got to find what makes you got to find your happy medium in all in what in in your time and time management is a big thing you know you bet you bet and cooper davis is kind of plowing a new furrow right now he says you know what i'm not riding individual but i'm riding teams can, and and as such, it's gonna it's gonna it's gonna allow him to compete a lot longer, stay involved in the sport. Would that be something maybe that might be of interest to you? Yeah, I think eventually, um, you know, he yeah, Cooper's he's a little older. Uh, he's got a family. He's got you know, he can he can you know that's that's his choice. And um, I still got goals that I want to achieve, and um, just keep working for that and. I don't really have any obligations at home other, you know, I got great people that take care of the stuff when I'm gone and I'm very thankful for that. And, uh, you know, I've always kind of lucked into having great people take care, help me take care of my stuff when I'm not there. And I'm very thankful for those people. And he says lucked into it. Well, you don't luck into stuff usually, yeah. you yeah. know, there, yeah. there's reasons why it happens. And, uh, you know, Edgar was there and we had a talk about whether he wanted Edgar there on the farm and i think it's really helped them if i'm not mistaken oh yeah it has and i mean even before that you know like austin i mean austin still helps me a lot to this day uh up at my other place in decab you know i i moved to decab texas and i, I mean for y'all that don't know decab texas is the middle of nowhere really kind of up there in northeast texas and um you know i lived in a camper and one day I just pulled in, met him, you know, I, I knew he kind of worked for some people around there and, uh, and now he's one of my best friends. And, um, I, I gotta tell you the, uh, the, the video you guys shot with Cavenders, my favorite video. What a, what a beautiful piece you guys did to show this, you know, oh, yeah. um, and so that was kind of, in a future episode, we're going to get into Netflix and, and all these <laughs> other things. But I've got a major sponsor, right? And if I don't do what she has asked me to do, she's probably not going to fund this deal anymore, our yeah. podcast. Uh, so my wife, Laura, wants to know about the dogs. The dogs, yeah. I got more dogs running around my voice than any... Uh, you know, I got five working dogs, um, you know, that they stay in kennels and work them when I want them. Uh, we'll get them out, and they, normally they work pretty good, and some days they don't. But uh, my brother's dropped off a dog now, um, Cass, and she hangs out there. She's a guard dog. Um, she's a good guard dog. Uh, and then I got a little house dog, Theo. And uh, Theo, he he's not a true house dog. Um, 
he loves being in the house. Once it's dark, he's ready to go inside. Uh, but during the day, he'll be outside hanging out with Cass, and they'll be running around. And, um, I mean, he's like a little cow dog. Uh, it, he'll go up in there, and um, you know, he'll chase the bulls and bark at them. Normally, the opposite way that I need him to go, but <laughs> they don't really mind him because he's so little. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So the working dogs that you have, that you have in kennels, um, these are pretty highly skilled, highly trained dogs. Yeah, um, I like to think that they're highly skilled and highly <laughs> trained, but uh, some days they're just not. But they definitely make um, where I can do. Pr- I can bring all my cattle. I can work everything. I can get everything in a pen, I should say. Okay. With me and my dogs, okay. and um, so it's pretty cool, like not having to rely on other people for that. But uh, definitely still, still need some help when I'm going to work them and stuff like that. Um, but. Uh, them dogs like they definitely make life easier and um just like you know learning how i've evolved in the dog world kind of learning commands and stuff like back on the ranch in new york um you know i'd say go get around them and this dog would go now which is called away she only had an away on her she doesn't really have a come by but she knew what I wanted, and she would go around there. and. Okay, for our listeners, okay, you're using lingo. Yeah. <laughs> okay, what's in a way? A way uh, is to the right. Um, so they're going around the right of the animals and bringing cattle back to you. Um, and just kind of like learning, um, you know, there's a, you know, there's different deals for everybody, but um, how I've learned how to train dog a little better and, I'm not saying I'm a dog trainer by any means. I send my dogs, most of them, to get trained. I've I've trained two dogs in my life, and uh, I'm very proud of those dogs, yeah. but there's a lot more to going into. I mean, it's just like training a horse or anything like that. You know, send it to professional and um, send my horses to my brother and my dogs to somebody else. <laughs> and then how do you learn the commands? Do you study? Do you watch videos? Do you read? Um, yeah, so I went I've spent time with um, Joe Frost, uh, my uncle, you know, there's a lot of people, you know, dog training is just like anything, you know, training horses and stuff like that. There's a lot of different techniques and different ways to doing things. Uh, I just, you know, you kind of got to figure out what you want to use your dog for and, and how you want to make that dog work for you. Perfect. Perfect. Yes. And, uh, I was against dealing with dogs because mm-hmm. every mm-hmm. time anybody would bring a dog to the farm and we'd try to work cattle or something with it they chased them the wrong way they chased them through fences you know it was like he said i want to get a dog no please no but he has made a true believer out of me a true believer when them dogs it it just makes life so much easier so much easier and uh his one dog sassy as he trains it i i it's just amazing yeah just amazing what a good dog yeah yeah so, so what do you got for an operation down there? Cow, calf, what are you doing? Um, so I've kind of, I've went, got, kind of got out of the buck and bull kind of deal for a little while. Um, just went to cow, calf, um, just commercial cows and stuff like that. And, and now I've kind of slowly been getting back into the buck and bull, uh, industry and, um, look forward to the next, next couple of years with them. And, um, but I still have some commercial cows and, um, raising some Akaushi, uh, um, what uh akaushi it's like a wa- a type of japanese breed of uh it's like a wagyu it's just red um okay but i just put one of them bulls on uh, my cow so i'll have half bloods but 
Um, this is my first year actually getting calves. We're just, uh, I'm actually supposed to wean them calves coming up this week. And, um, yeah, but, uh, you know, I've definitely been learning a lot of different aspects. I worked for a couple of people there in Silver Springs and, um, learning kind of how other people do things and stuff like that. It's, it's definitely helped me and, um, going to school, you know, I didn't finish my degree, but I definitely learned a lot, uh, being down there in Carthage and, um, taking the land and ranch management and, uh, just about the cattle industry and stuff like that. Okay. Uh, yeah. Didn't finish his degree. Well, I don't know why it means well, something to me, well, but I wish he would finish. Well, I don't know why. Right. Right. Okay. And, and doesn't gonna... matter, but I, you know, we finish. Right. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> didn't mean to take you into that one, Dale. That's not what I was looking for. <laughs> um, and then uh, my final, one of my final topics, um, I come from a long line of, of barbers. Um, my, my father was a barber. His, his uncle was a barber. My sister's been a barber for almost 40 years. Uh, she's, got a, a two, she's got a son that's a barber that's with her. Simcox and Company, she's got her nephew now, Eli's with her. So we got Eli, Tommy, uh, Debbie, my, my sister, and then Michael's in the shop there, Simcox and Company. We got to get you there one time just so you can check it out. Oh, yeah. You're, you're, you're signed autographs up on, the, up on their wall, just so you know, <laughs> right? And it's right beside Kurt Warner's signed autograph picture. You know Kurt Warner? Uh-huh. Okay. Um, so where was I going with this? Oh, yeah. Tell us about the haircut. Yeah, so I think, um, you know, kind of when I'm, you know, like a little bit of learning curve for me, I always go get a haircut because whatever the confidence or, you know, something different, you know. Uh, so I went and got a haircut. We were going through Kilgore, went and stopped at this barber. And um, I this this is the picture that I showed him. But in my mind, it was going to be a little more faded going up to the top. You know, yeah. I still wanted to kind of rock the mullet a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, I think, uh, you know, for whatever reason, that haircut gives me the confidence, you know, or just it gives me a clean slate, I feel like, you know, appearance is everything. And, you know, I feel good with it. And uh, it don't really matter what other people think about it. <laughs> I'm, I'm feeling good with it. I, and uh, so, yeah. Perfect. I love it. It feels like you're having fun with it is oh, yeah. what it feels like. <laughs> yeah. And, and who knows? There's probably there's probably kids out there saying, Mom, Mom, this is what I want now. I want a Dalen Swearingen haircut. Oh, yeah. Me and my, I, I took a picture with my brother the other day, but he's kind of rocking similar to haircut. Um, got the mullet rocking in the back. His top isn't quite as long as mine, but uh, – and uh, so we're both rocking the rocking the mullets right now. <laughs> it's not always fun when you lose control. <laughs> uh, oh, how fun! It it it's very apparent. It's very apparent you're having fun, right? Uh, you got it. Feels like you got a great balance going on between the house and the road and everything, and that's important, dude. Oh yeah, for ha- sure. Having that balance. So, anything I haven't asked you. Let me, let me say it another way. This is one of my favorite ones. I don't know where I got this question, but you've been in a lot of interviews. You've been on, you've been in movies and films and you think Hollywood one day is where you're going to be headed? <laughs> Something like that? Yeah. I don't think I practiced my lines quite enough in that one movie that I was in or that, you know, so I don't think so. No, no callbacks. You yeah, don't no, think? No. Um, so you've been to a lot of interviews and 
And I got to ask this question. I'd like to ask this question. What's the one question that you've never been asked that you would, you just sit there and go, you know, it'd be kind of cool if somebody somewhere would just ask me this question. Nobody ever asked this question. You got anything comes to mind? Not really. I I guess I kind of got one thing, you know, nobody. um, So for up until this year, I've wore the same pair of boots for the last um, four or five years there's been two pairs they look identical but when one gets holes in it then I take it back and get it resold but nobody ever asks you know like at the PBR finals in 2022 um, I had tape on my boots nobody asked me how come you're riding with tape on your boot you know like how come you don't just go to another boots but you know I feel like my feet you know like I don't know like those boots you know I, they just kind of hold a sentiment of I've worn them for so long and this is a first year i've changed boots um same type of boot okay but a little different diff- okay. definitely different look and um but i guess that would be the only thing i know it's kind of weird but no that's um, a great great one. they're actually getting resold right now so we might see the red boots coming or the brown boots coming back and and reselling them that's okay they stay within the sentimental value and all that stuff you're not it's not changing your mindset towards those boots oh yeah the the look of those boots stays the same the only thing that is new yeah. is underneath that sees all the dirt and the grime yeah. and stuff like that okay okay yeah. then Go ahead. And those are the brown ostrich. They're not ostrich. They're um, I'm I'm wearing like a dark brown ostrich right now with blue tops. But um, normally they're just like a I don't know. They're just like a buckskin color, kind of. I would say. I love that. I love that. Because yeah, he was eyeing mine up at the house over Thanksgiving. I said, "Don't touch them. <laughs> don't do it." Um, and then um, final question. I see a lot of bull riders wearing the same darn pair of pant, uh, jeans, Wranglers, whatever. Do they ever wash them? Oh, yeah. I think, um, you know, like I used to not wash my wash my jeans, and uh, you know, when I was younger. Uh, and, you know, and sometimes, you know, like I do have a pair of jeans that I ride in. For this week, those jeans won't get washed. They'll get three bull They'll get five bull rides, five or six bull rides this week um, with going to Vegas and stuff. And, uh, but... I think, you know, there's no such thing as having a lucky shirt that you only ride in. Like, I don't, you know, don't don't crumble a shirt up and put it in your gear bag and, and want it to look good when you go. You know, this is a judged event, so look good, present yourself good. You know, I, I, when I get home, I'll, I'll take these jeans as a starch and get them cleaned. Okay, okay. And, um, you know, put them back on and they'll feel just as good as you they bet. did the first time. You bet. Wranglers, right? Wrangler. Long live Kevball. <laughs> <laughs> well, Dalen, this has been a hoot, dude. I am so excited you come on. I We got more stuff to talk about. You know that, right? Oh, yeah. Okay. But I know you got a routine today, so we want to be we want to be good about that. Sam, any last thoughts? Well, just thank you for what you're doing and playing with the kids and stuff like you did last night. It just makes it all worthwhile that uh, you, you're doing the right thing as you grow up. Oh, yeah. One of my favorite pictures, we were at the Zebra Finals. You came up and you sat by us. You were probably 17 years old, sat your mom and dad and everybody was up there. And these kids were in front of you. And I'm like, dude, you realize these are your fans. And yeah. I took a picture of you. You know, it's yeah. a wonderful picture, wonderful picture. So thank you. Any final words before we say good day? Yeah, just thank everybody. for Thank you all for having me on. And thank all the fans for listening. And um, 
just look forward to the next time. I'm excited. I'm excited. And to our listeners, we hope that you enjoyed this episode of our podcast with Dale and Swearingen. If you do, please share it with your friends. To make your listening easier, find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Amazon Prime. We're all over the place. All you got to do is search for Beyond the Shoots and follow us. And remember to check out the New York State Rodeo uh, Museum Facebook group page and become a member. We'd like to say thank you to Parasite Systems for their support with our podcast. Parasite System is a push-button diagnostic parasitic um, system for pasture animals, horses, cattle, goats, sheep, chickens, and for your companion animals, your dogs and your cats. You can find them at ParasiteSystems.com. And remember, we have a coupon that gets you 50% off your test kits, and it is BTC023. Simply go to Parasite Systems, that's P-A-R-A-S-I-G-H-T, as in seeing, site. And this is Beyond the Shoots with... Dale Swearingen. And Sam Swearingen. And this is Doug Simcox. Thank you for listening.